So today, um, as promised, we're going to talk about the upper extremity. So what's going on, little munchkin over here? What's this called? Do you remember? Herbs palsy. That's right. This is herbs palsy. Um, what's that from? A brachial plexus injury, right? Yeah, at birth, right? Usually it's a pretty significant traction injury like this where the child has had some sort of shoulder dystocia and they're either pulled out like this show is here with the hands kind of twisting or they might be pulled out with forceps or vacuum extraction. Um, this can also happen during a C-section too. C-sections, um, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, C-section is so much easier on the baby and the mom. Like, uh, not necessarily, because um, a lot of times this, if you actually watch uh, some of the C-sections, especially the more, the latest fad C-sections where they have very small incisions, it's really hard to pull that baby out. They're not just, it's not like you just have this entire wide abdomen wide open and just pull the baby out as if it's just lying, you know, on its back. Uh, it's really crunched up in there. So th this is how they get this kind of traction injury over here, and that creates this, the, the arm kind of being you know, deadened. The, the amazing thing that we have seen <clears throat> over the years is that um, a lot of, like, we have a number of patients who have had physical therapy, uh, had their babies have physical therapy, and not much has changed until they start getting the kid adjusted, right? You start getting the kid adjusted, and now, all of a sudden, the arm starts to move, and we've had kids whose arms have been literally behind them like this at a year old, and at two years old, they're almost you know, back to normal range of motion. So, um, so that's a significant thing. And, and, but there's, there's two things that have to be done with this child. Number one is the child has to be adjusted. And number two, what's the other thing we've been talking about all quarter now? Yeah, we gotta work on this kid. This kid's gotta be worked on. This isn't like just come get adjusted and leave, nor is it go to the physical therapist once a week and leave, right? This is like hours a day working on the kid's arms and getting pulleys and getting towels and doing cross body work. And this is, this is like hours a day, right? If they want this resolved, this isn't just like, let's let the kid you know, work every couple of hours and a few hours a day and maybe here and there at PT. This is hours and hours a day to get this, this child's arm back together again. <clears throat> and the key thing is that it can come back, right? And the, the parents that put the time and energy effort into it, we do see the kids' arms come back. But that's the key is that they got to put the time, energy, and effort you know, into it. It's not just getting adjusted. You know, a lot of people, they bring their bodies in or their baby's bodies in and say, here, fix it, and I'll break, pick it up next week. Right? That's, that's the, as if it's some kind of car, and we have some parts that we're just going to install in the, in the child. Um, and it just doesn't work that way, so they need to be explained that oh. So um, this is a very little baby. And what's happening with this little baby? Can you see? Look at the difference between here and here. What's going on? Very good. <clears throat> this is a clavicular fracture. How did the clavicular fracture happen? Yeah, during birth, right? Uh, the story behind this particular uh, picture is that the, the mom had a, a vaginal delivery, normal vaginal delivery. But, um, but the baby was very upset after delivery. Um, baby was crying a lot, especially when it was nursing, uh, lying on this side, right? And that's a common thing that you'll see is um, 
children, when they've, if they've broken their clavicle during delivery, um, they'll, they'll nurse fine when they're lying on the okay side, but when they're lying on the, the broken side, it's going to hurt them. And it, it's kind of weird because otherwise they're good nurses and it doesn't have tongue tie and all this other stuff. So you're like, what is going on with this kid? And it could be the clavicular fracture uh, kind of thing. So don't forget to check a clavicle, especially on a baby who's having some sort of um, nursing issues. Yeah, the baby has to wear a collar uh, or uh, like a sling almost uh, for a couple of weeks. If they wear it for, just like with the hip dysplasia, if they wear it for like two or three weeks that the kid's clavicle just you know, melts itself back together again. Uh, but they have to wear that to, to immobilize it temporarily. Well, there are those, but the one I'm thinking of is more like the sling you see the kids wear, like if you had just dislocated your shoulder or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is interesting. This, this happened to be as I was searching for great pictures for you guys. <clears throat> uh, I saw this picture here, uh, and it was th this child, uh, you really can't see on this picture, but the child has herbs palsy on this side. But uh, what else is going on with this kid? There is a head tilt, there is a little bit of a head tilt, but something even more neurological. Well, th there's something about the pupils, and the same size might be the issue, but what is it more? Yeah, well, I mean, these eyes are not looking at the same place, right? This eye is kind of going this way, and this eye is kind of going this way. So those two eyes are not focused you know, in the same place. And there, this whole thing is all rattling about how the child is uh, having all these herbs palsy issues, which are obviously a significant issue. But they really also need to address this. And it's not unusual if you see one problem, you're going to see multiple problems in the, in the same kid. Um, and I, I wonder if they caught this. Because so many times I'll see a child who has these eye issues and it's not even you know, kind of looked at. All right, so this is an example of what they call nursemaid's elbow. Actually, I'm just going to leave lights off. This is nursemaid's elbow right over here. So it's almost like a, almost like a dead arm. Um, you know, if any of you guys have replaced some, or uh, gals have replaced some sports uh, and had like a dead leg, where you feel like your leg got paralyzed, you know, temporarily, but this is like a dead arm. And they, they call it nursemaid's elbow, um, which is it's really not a, a nice name for it, if you really think about it. But the, the mechanism of injury is the child was pulled like this, and their elbow just is essentially a dislocation of their uh, elbow. Um, how, do you, how do you, as a chiropractor, take care of nursemaid's elbow? Very good. That's the correct answer. The correct answer is we refer them out to someone who has a lot of experience with this, unless you live in the middle of nowhere like Argonne or something, and, and you, the, you're the only doctor within 100 miles of any kind, um, and then maybe you would do this, but otherwise I would not suggest trying to relocate a dislocated elbow, shoulder, or any other dislocated thing um, because it does not fall within chiropractic scope of practice in most states, right? Some states it does in areas where the chiropractors are almost the only primary care doctor in the whole region. But important thing to understand, if we see something like this where the kid's arm is kind of a dead arm and they can't lift up their arm from their elbow, they can lift up from their shoulder, but not from their elbow, is probably a quarter-court nursemaid's elbow. Whereas this is what? 
So this is, this is a dislocated elbow, nursemaid's elbow. This is, this is a dislocated shoulder. Can you see how low that shoulder has dropped, right? The scapula has dropped out like this. Look how low this is compared, you know, the left side compared to the right side. So this is a dislocated shoulder. Um, that, that can come from trauma, right? Blunt trauma, whether it's a fall or uh, an injury where someone hit someone else or they fall into something or something like that. Or uh, we do see a lot of this um, with uh, pitchers, little league pitchers, who will hurt either their elbows or their shoulders. Um, right now, uh, we have a couple of kids who are little league pitchers, um, and they're, they're now limited to the number of pitches they can throw per game. So even if they're like striking every kid out, they're gonna be pulled after like, like 40 or 50 pitches, can't remember the exact number, because they, they will not allow the kids to hurt themselves, which is probably a really good idea at, the, at a younger uh, age. So this is a classic uh, dislocated shoulder. And once again, if we see something like this, unless you're living in the middle of nowhere, what do you do about it? Refer out. Let someone, and you might be the best shoulder dislocating, and I've seen people do this where they put their foot in someone's side, in a shoulder and pull onto their arm, and they can somehow wiggle their arm back in, and that's nice. But then when you, if you mess it up, and they ask where'd you learn that, <clears throat> and they won't teach it, say it was taught here, you're going to have a problem figuring out how to get past that you know, particular issue. <clears throat> this is something I see a lot of, uh, especially in the summer months. What's this? Laceration. What is a laceration? But what happened to the laceration? Oh, it, got it got infected. And it's not just infecting the, the skin, it's infecting the bone. And what do they call that? Osteomyelitis. This is classic osteomyelitis. You can see how puffy the finger is, how puffy the knuckle is, red, swollen. If you talk to the person, it's very painful. And a lot of times when someone has osteomyelitis, not only is it painful here, what, what are they experiencing systemically? Fever. A fever, right? So they come in not feeling good. You know, I don't feel good, and I also have this like really messed up finger or elbow or knee, you know, or something like that. And that's a classic osteomyelitis thing where you'll have this here, but you'll also have pain um, you also have the systemic reaction of fever. So that's the sort of combination uh, of things going on with them. So that's my upper extremity talk for you.